Have you ever watched something accidentally and it left you feeling anxious, fearful, or distressed? Making people anxious by feeding them constant bad news often enslaves a viewer to stay tuned. Isn't that odd? This is the very kind of behavior that can actually hurt us, but we have a hard time turning it off. I know that I'm not the only podcaster who receives emails, and often it's asking for us to cover certain topics. One topic that has come up repeatedly is a plea for help with anxiety and fear. We are seeing pandemic levels of both. The bigger question is this, why has there been such a dramatic increase? We can't blame everything on the pandemic, even though it did contribute to historic levels of anguish and distress. But sometimes there are additional causes for constant sense of doom and darkness, inflicted by unlikely suspects. We are the unlikely suspects. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, conference speaker, and teacher. She is passionate about teaching what to do with what we learn from God's Word. Now back to today's valuable study. Are you tired of the continuous stream of bad reports? It sure does make a terrible diet for the mind, and it can contribute to a downcast soul. We can't control what the media is serving, but we can manage how many of their meals we're going to eat. A soul can be weighed down by an overdose of bad news. We need to develop our own system to balance the load. Have you been overdosing on bad news? Let's look at three common symptoms, and then we'll consider some suggestions for repairing the damage. A first symptom is this. You are feeling more fearful. We're not the first ones to look at our circumstances and become filled with fear. Jesus was right there with the disciples daily, performing miracles that they had never seen another person do ever before, and yet when they faced a storm in their boat, they were petrified. Let's review the story from Mark chapter 4, verses 37 to 41. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Can you relate to the disciples? After all, the storm was beating into the ship, the Bible says, so they were probably thinking, hey, we're going to drown, we're going to die. Have you ever felt panicked like that? I know that during the pandemic, with the constant updates on the new strains, the crowded hospitals, the death counts, it was making many of us feel very panicky. Understandably so. It is normal to have a human reaction to fearful situations. So what can we do about this? Well, we can stop feeding the fear through those repeated exposures to the same bad news. We don't have to feed fear. It's already overweight. Set a limit on how much you'll watch the news or switch entirely to reading it in print without the drama added by the news actors and actresses. 
You know, they used to call them anchors, and maybe they still do. But that's an inaccurate term lately. They don't really anchor anything. They beat our boats with stormy news, trying to keep us trapped in fear. Fear is reduced when faith is magnified. Magnify your faith in God's ability to deliver you from anything by remembering all the times that he's done it before in your life. Remember that impossible situation that you were facing last week, last month, last year, and then God turned the tide in your favor? And even if God chooses to leave us in the boat, he can still give us peace in the midst of any storm. We know this. Faith is better than fear, but we have to choose it. Here's a second symptom. You're struggling to like people. Do you find yourself feeling a strong dislike for people lately? That's no accident. It's directly related to an overdose on negative news reports about the tragedies and crimes committed by a small percentage of the population. This creates a conflict for us because God's word isn't dependent upon the times in which we're living. We are still meant to love people today, just as we were meant to love them years ago when life was relatively quieter and people were generally more courteous. People have changed, and not all for the better, but we can't stop loving and caring or things will just get worse for all of us. Many of us know that 1 John 4, 7 tells us to love one another for love is of God, but what about loving those who don't love us back? Jesus talked about this in Luke chapter 6, verses 31 through 36. As ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. What a powerful passage of Scripture. But love ye your enemies, and do good. God wants us to love people regardless of whether or not they love us. But the key here is he wants us to do things his way. Jesus didn't do things expecting things in return. Everything Jesus did was sacrificial. During the peak of the pandemic in 2021, many of us were still traveling if it was allowed, especially to areas that had fewer restrictions. I know I still had many conferences. I was in the Atlanta airport doing some heavy-duty people-watching while waiting for a connecting flight, a young woman walked into the gate area and her sweatshirt said this, I like social distancing. <laughs> that about summed up how way too many people were feeling. The push for distancing left a residual fear, if not a downright dislike of people being in the same airspace. There's also the continuous stream of reporting that paints people as constantly warring against each other. How many of you get along fine with your neighbors, even if you're from different backgrounds, different religion, different political affiliations? Many of us still get along, right? But how often do you see that reported in the news? Oh, I expect to see a report like that the day after Never Day. 
Most people still love and care for their neighbors, but we're not going to hear about that. Overexposure to the worst reports about people can leave us jaded. This world has always had issues because it's always had people in it. The big difference now is that everything a person does can be broadcast to the world from the palm of anyone's hand. A person can live stream a crime while they're committing it, providing free footage for news stations to broadcast over and over until the next bad thing bubbles up to the top. Be really careful about disliking people. It's really hard to love when we don't even like. This is a horrible divide-and-conquer strategy being successfully pandered by the media because they know that discord and division are great for getting lots of viewers. Viewers equal eyeballs, and eyeballs equal dollars. What a scheme. Ignore these fire starters and keep loving people sacrificially just as Christ loved us. And finally, number three, your soul is more down than usual. That's another symptom of having too much bad news. Let's face it, bad news is riveting, and our natural curiosity tends to keep us watching, even when we may be very disturbed by the images. The eyes and ears are gates to our spirits, and whatever we're allowing past those gates will affect us. A shortcut to a disturbed spirit is to keep exposing yourself to bad news. Our eyes and ears affect our hearts, and whatever affects our hearts will also influence our entire emotional nature as well as our thoughts. This is why we need to become managers of what enters the gates of our eyes and ears. In Psalm 119, verse 37, we see this prayer request. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. It is part of our human experience to have times when we're downhearted, Life is so full of constantly changing pressures and various forms of stress, so it's not surprising that we may find ourselves wrestling with a soul that is down from time to time. Our main takeaway is this. We don't have to make it worse by feasting on news reports, images, social media doom and gloom videos, and other things that make life sound fully and continuously dark. Protect your eye and ear gates. No one else can do this for us. Life delivers enough blows. We don't have to inflict them upon ourselves. How do we turn away our eyes from beholding vanity? By choosing something that will uplift our spirits. I've probably told this story before because the longer I'm on this podcast, the more likely it is that I'll repeat myself. But back when the gut-wrenching tragedy of 9-11 was unfolding before our eyes, We were in the midst of our homeschool day, my three children and I. My mom was also alive at the time, and she was stranded on vacation out of town because all the flights were suddenly canceled nationwide. That's how we found out about the planes that had crashed into the Twin Towers in New York City. We weren't big TV watchers in our family at that time, so we had to pull an old black and white TV out of the closet and wiggle the antenna to get a picture But when we finally saw the footage of the plane crashing into the tower, it was too horrible to believe. We were still watching about 30 minutes later when our youngest son asked, why do they keep showing the same bad pictures over and over again? Children often speak the obvious, don't they? And his words caused me to turn that little TV off. There was nothing we could gain from watching those images of death and destruction on a loop but we had plenty to lose by imprinting those images into our minds. 
As I've often said, there is no delete key for the mind. Are you overdosing on bad news? If you're experiencing any of these symptoms or others that are related, since we all know there's more than three, take action and make the necessary changes now. Protecting our hearts by guarding our eye and ear gates is a full-time job, but it's worth the effort. We won't do it perfectly, but we can do better. Here's a great closing verse from Psalm 22:17, reminding us what to do with our hearts and our ears. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, Bible studies, and more. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.